0: We got TW takes in the house. TW takes, what's up? TW Takes Podcast. That's terrible wrestling takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers the, uh, the man in- oh. Bishop over at TW Takes Podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW, TW takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW takes. Matt Bishop from TW takes. Shout out to TW takes. TW takes. Mr. TW takes. TW takes. TW, TW, TW takes TW takes. TW, 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 take. take. <laughs> TW, TW, TW takes. And takes TW takes TW Bishop has, you know, on Terrible takes. TWT takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to uh, Terrible Wrestling takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife. Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. Ooh, ooh. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. <laughs> Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. It's such a small part, but it's a- so effective. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's my go to podcast now. TW Takes, you on here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, s***. here we go. Brand new episode, Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast. But before we talk that, sh- let's plug that. Sh-. TakesPodcast.com for all platforms, audio and visual. Like and subscribe, especially if you do it for other people. podcast.com slash TWTs for all the merch to help support the show. Most affordable, fastest shipping merch in the podcast game. Remember at podcast on all social media. And remember, review if you do, rate if you feel. Subscribe for me like you do for the rest of these idiots with a microphone. The computer Now let's get into some more terrible wrestling takes. Oh shit! Here we go. What a weekend. What a weekend. Money in the bank, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, all that shit. Look, man, wrestling moves so fast. If you don't stay on top of it, it's gonna blow right past you. And I had one thing come up yesterday and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get time to record. And then the second thing came up and I wasn't able to do it at night. I was like, some a bitch. So now I gotta find time Wednesday morning to get all into it. Um, so I'm gonna scrap SmackDown. It was a good show. The only thing I gotta say about it is when uh uh my buddy McNarly hit me up. He's like, yo, is Edge gonna win at Money in the Bank? I said, I don't know, man, because SmackDown, Edge is starting to look like mad strong. So let's just jump right into to Money in the Bank. Shouts to Jeremy Justin, Front Face Lock, Graham, a couple others pop through the watch along chat appreciate that had to tap out uh, a couple back issues couldn't really get it done plus it's it's kind of tough with just one person again after relying heavily on marsh and lunar and kevlar um so i and shouts to the Brainbuster boys doing the watch along for nxt stand to deliver um you know i going forward i'm going to make sure that i do the watch along there's going to be myself plus another because it just helps carry the weight and during those spots where, you know, it's just an awesome match. You guys can kind of bounce off of each other and, and shit like that. So I'm I'm a bigger fan of doing it with multiples. But uh but yeah man, so shouts to everyone who came through for the watch along. Really appreciate that. Uh we'll be doing another one for SummerSlam. It is the one year anniversary of this show, August twenty first. So I got two big shows coming up. Uh you know, one hundred being the next one and the the one year anniversary watch along on uh on August twenty first. So We'll see. We'll see how all that goes. Uh, let's let's jump into to the pay-per-view, man. I tell you, um, you know, I usually miss the pre-shows, but they said that fucking the Mysterios versus the Usos are going to be on the kickoff show. I was like, oh, shit, I got to check this out. Because if the Usos win, you would think that's a lock that Roman wins, right? Because you can't have them have the titles and Roman not heading into SummerSlam. Like, that's, that's just preposterous. You, you got to have it all together. So, um, overall... It was a fun match i i thought i thought we could have got a little bit more which i'm assuming we'll get more friday maybe uh the following uh that the Rey mysterio uh dominic mysterio entrance was dope looked like some you know time travel shit uh i just watched space jam the night before Shout to space jam too man i had fun watching it i laughed a lot so y'all can say what y'all want man but i laughed a lot so call that a terrible movie take if you need to but i laughed a lot watching space jam 2 you know what i mean and all this comparison stuff fucking means nothing man it's was the movie all right yeah it was all right whatever you know some of the some of the dumbest movies of all time are funny to some people the only movie two movies in my entire life i've ever hated the brother solomon and the box and i thought i'd like the brother solomon's will forte uh will arnett didn't like it uh, i thought it was the dumbest fucking thing i ever seen and then the box i thought i'd like as well because i believe it was uh cameron diaz and james marsden and uh fuck i forget which old guy they used but i thought it was gonna be dope uh, i couldn't fucking stand it i didn't know what the hell i watched so anyway space shout to space jam too. um that that's the vibe I got from what Dominic and, and Ray were doing, but of course I don't know. I'm sure it's some something else that you guys can end up telling me later on. But um, you know the the two biggest spots in the match were when uh, when Dominic got that tag and he hopped in, did the bounced off the rope side that he was on to the other side into a moonsault. He's really developing into being able to do some shit, and because he's taller than his dad you don't really think that he can do, you know, the flippy shit like that, but he's he's putting in that work, and it's looking good, um, and then the other one was during the pin, you know, Jay, Jay got the roll up, and then Jimmy used his feet to, you know, keep the, secure the roll up, so we'll see if this story plays out a little bit more, but, you know, the big money is having the bloodline have all the titles, uh, and shouts to Bronson Reed said, uh, looks like, they need somebody to come in there and get that ic title so uh, i know he's not bloodline he is samoan from new zealand i believe new zealand right i don't want to get that wrong but uh but yeah man um shouts to the usos catching that seventh championship and I, i saw on that top 100 tag teams of all time that they were so low like in the 20s and i mean they're they're one serious story away from being the greatest of all time i know the new day got the titles and the entertainment and the merch sales and all that shit And that, that, hey, they might be the John Cena tag teams, but the Usos, man, when they are on their best, I don't think anyone's better than them. I really don't. I really don't. Uh, Let's jump into the main card of Money in the Bank. We got. Uh, it started off with the women's match, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and look, it was it was a decent match. You know, nothing crazy came out of it. The Naomi spot would live. Naomi, I mean, she's just fucking athletic as shit. It's it's great seeing her in the ring. Um, but everything else, man, it was really, really clunky. You know, wait for this, wait for that. I mean, uh, what was it? Liv and Natty were holding the ladder forever. I just, you know, you gotta you gotta get better with timing before people stop shitting on it. Um, I absolutely loved the Alexa Zelina Leg like, Vega spot on the ladder. Um, surprise, surprise, right? Something happened with Alexa. Um, the entire internet blows up and hates it, but I fucking love it. It just it shows her character, man. That's the possession. You want to not be possessed by Alexa, don't look in her eyes. You know what I mean? And she got Zelina to walk down the ladder, and then she climbed back up it. And then the the strength of Alexa, they had to bury her with ladders. It was fantastic. It's how it's supposed to be. It's how it's supposed to be. That's, it shows you how strong the character was. Um, I also saw some hate for. How the ending of the match went with the six girls on the ladder, six ladies on the ladder, and then Nikki uh, sneaking up there and grabbing a briefcase. I thought it was fun. Uh, I mean, uh, it was super exciting to see her her get the title. I'm sorry, that's Monday. Uh, but to see her get the briefcase, and then to see her go up the ladder, and then Nikki, cli- or I'm sorry, Nikki goes up the ramp, finds a ladder, climbs the top of that ladder, holds the briefcase up, does, and then you see it. You see her face scrunch up and she starts to cry. And you know, camera cuts away. But I love when wrestling means that much to the performers. I absolutely love it when it means that much to the performers, because that means that we're not wasting our time. You know what I mean? That was the part of you know Roman that a lot of people hated. Sam Roberts pointed that early on that Roman was so arrogant and disconnected that you know it's hard to to even root for the guy. I was like, yeah, I get that, but he's really good. And you know, Sam would always say some shit. You know. To, to support his point And he, he was right though That the, that disconnect Really does pull people away Because The connection Of it meaning that much To Nikki Just getting the briefcase Pulled me in So don't be surprised You know what I mean When when you're watching wrestling And you're you're really enjoying What's going on um, That it, it has to do with How much the performers Love what they're doing So shouts to Nikki For winning money in the bank AJ and Omos Defeated the Viking Raiders I, I You know I thought it was an okay match I, I really would prefer I, I don't know You know i i kind of look at it this way we are in this netflix youtube era where if we want something we get it right now and if we want to we can binge the whole thing so like you take the dewdrop storyline for instance and people are like oh and she needs to be piper niven well you can you can just tune in every uh every monday and and watch the story and at the end of the story You'll probably get what you want because that just seems where it's where it's leading up to. And that's that's what I, how I feel about the Viking Raiders. You know what I mean? Like it makes sense for them to be champions. It makes sense for Omos, though to be on his own. Well, how do we get there? We got to restore credibility. We got to make it believable. We have to uplift Omos. So that's why he's with AJ, right? That's the assumed reason Omas is with AJ. So they can build Omos into a single star do this on his own doesn't need aj's help and if his first feud's with aj how good are those matches going to be right and then viking raiders well they've been off of tv forever since they've been back i've seen nothing but positive vibes heading towards the viking raiders i got super nervous at uh at money in the bank i thought ivar was going to dive out and he didn't i was happy with that you know that's how he hurt his neck in the first place and uh and, yeah, man, so as as long as the Viking Raiders are on TV, they get their time on TV, we're going to want to see them more. We're going to want to see them win. We just have to wait. You know, the the misses and I, we just started watching Manifest on uh, on Netflix, and we're halfway through the second season. I think we've only been watching it for, for a week because we can binge all the episodes. And we noticed on one episode we watched last night that there was a break in the story because they had to like catch you up on everything and we just looked at each other like oh they must have been they must have been uh taking a break during the season for like a month or so you know we don't have to do that now in today's day and age we don't have to do that we get to watch everything we want to right now as long as it exists you know there's there's two forms of the way seasons drop now right and when uh when shit drops on disney plus shouts to them for not putting the whole season out at once on some things, you know, it did make Loki that more appealing to me that we had to wait a week. You know what I'm saying? So that's all you have to do with these stories too. You just got to wait a week, wait a week, and we'll see what's up. You know, maybe at the end of two months, the Viking Raiders will be champions and they'll be so supported by the fans, you know, we'll have no choice but to just enjoy what they do. So I think they're doing great work. Uh, you know, AJ and Omos got the win, And, uh, you know, we'll see. This story keeps going. We had Lashley versus Kofi. So this year, I didn't see Kofi barely having a chance. I really thought everything that they did on Raw was to to give Kofi that opportunity to be the next Randy Orton. You know, I've been saying it for a while. And maybe he is. But maybe he's the Dolph Ziggler of the heavyweight title scene. Which I hope not. Because he deserves more than that. He's better than that. And no... No shade to Dolph Ziggler, but just the presence of his character makes me feel like if he gets another title run or two, another good story or two, he will be the, the Randy Orton uh, or an additional style Randy Orton for the title scene. Uh, but he didn't get any, man. They, they they crushed all that momentum. Lashley just fucking ragdolled him for, what, like six minutes? So, you know, the end of Raw, not, uh, not this past Monday, but leading into Money in the Bank. Bobby really was gaining that steam again. You know, they, they cut out the girls and all that shit. So, he he wanted to lend credibility back to who he was. And it worked. It worked. So, now Bobby's back to being dominant. No bullshit. And that's okay. You know, just at the cost of Kofi being, you know, that strong again. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. It sucks. But what are you going to do? Speaking of sucks, <laughs> Ray Ripley versus Charlotte. I hated the first two-thirds of this match. It, it was typical... These guys have no chemistry. Then the back third of the match. And I go, oh, Charlotte's finally allowing Rhea to take control. Every time these two are wrestling, Rhea operates in the fashion of, oh, my God, I can't set up Charlotte. Sorry, I can't upset Charlotte. And you can see that. It's apparent. Even in their match on Monday, it's apparent that Rhea doesn't get the opportunity to just perform. She has to make sure that Charlotte's okay. Okay. And it's so bothersome. It's so bothersome because I can see it. And Ray is better than that. The last third of the match, I thought was was pretty good at Money in the Bank. I thought it was pretty good until the obvious was happening and Charlotte was going to win. And if you go back to the watch along at whatever the timestamp would be, I just I was dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded that this was the direction they were going. And of course, you can see the writing on the wall, but I didn't have faith in that. WWE seems to cherry pick what they want to do with Charlotte and the titles uh, when when this went down I had to um, I had to search it and when I looked it up I, I found that Charlotte on raw has held the title for 57 days 29 days 43 days 113 days and then with the the cash in on this one one day on Smackdown she held the title for 147 days 28 days 12 days five days and five days Minutes And then her Divas run, she had it for uh, 196. Now, to Marsha's point, the 113 from Rural and the 196, that's the same title run. But in fairness, she won the title when the changeover happened in, uh, in a triple threat match for the title. So she still had to win the match. Now, she won the match with a lot of interference, and that, that was my problem about the 196. She was a Divas title. She won with so much interference, and it was always her dad's interference, and it never evolved into Charlotte cheating. Charlotte never cheated by herself to keep those titles or win those titles. It was always a a Rick thing. And then uh, the 147 on SmackDown, I really don't remember. I wish I did, but I really don't remember. And I think that's my biggest point with Charlotte and all the numbers that she has and the way they talk about her. Is that she's an eleven-time champion? She has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight title reigns combined are shorter than her longest title reign. Think about that. Think about that. Eight of them are shorter than her longest. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them are less than a month. Seven are less than a month. And that's your 11-time women's champion. Who was built off of that? I once did one one episode of who who beat Charlotte and where they are now. And I actually don't remember if I recorded that. I know I wrote it down in, in, in what to do. And I don't want to make this a Charlotte Bastion session because it's just not fair anymore. Because, honestly, it just is what it is. What we get out of this is a temporary title reign for the sake of. A transitional champion for the sake of. But this is now... Again, this is now the third time she's held the title for less than a week, and she has 11 title runs. The third time for less than a week, and she has 11 title runs. Now, shouts to them fixing it on Raw. They went from 14-time champ to 11-time champ, which is great that they're they're not pushing her that close. And honestly, coming out of Monday, I'm not sure when she would go after the title again. When we get to Monday, I'll, I'll give you that uh, little breakdown of what I got going on. But yeah, I... I was just bothered that it happened because they never show faith in what they're gonna do but maybe that's what we can take solace in now right is that charlotte's now the champion for less than less than a month for most of the time right it's so stupid so stupid all right the men's ladder match fucking dope um I can't do the the match justice in my commentary of it go back and watch it it was fucking great the athletics were just phenomenal uh, from ricochet to riddle to Morrison. I mean, Seth looked fucking powerful. Um, I love the fact that Drew McIntyre got taken out by Jinder and the boys. And I, I I love that that's a story. And that's a story that we talked about during his title run. Honestly, we may get it again dur- for the title at whatever point in time. All of that's great. All of that's great. It's the first time I've been invested in Drew's story. Six months, maybe. Pre, Pre-Rumble. So almost, yeah, about excuse me, six months. Shouts to Big E on winning. Uh, big E being Money to Bank winner, I think a lot of people saw coming. And that's good, though, because that means that you guys are getting what you want. How about that, huh? <laughs> He's just kind of trust the process. You get what you want. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Next up, we have Roman Reigns versus Edge in what was just an awesome match. I mean, these guys have incredible chemistry. I, I don't know. See, this is the match. This is the match I wanted at WrestleMania. Okay. We didn't need Daniel Bryan there. Yes. Uh, in the way of twisting my words, you do the triple threat because you can do the triple threat. You never needed it. You never needed it. You have your solo Daniel Bryan. You have your solo Edge match. And you get this style of work. Okay, we got we got uh, Daniel Bryan's singles match, which was better than a triple threat match, on SmackDown. We got this match, which was better than a triple threat match, on Money in the Bank. But at WrestleMania, we had a triple threat match, which was really good. Really good. It wasn't the, those two matches. You do the Edge match because the story called for the Edge match. When Daniel Bryan got inserted in it, he was the highlight of the story. It's all revisionist, man. Go back and listen to the episodes. But I'm telling you, Daniel Bryan being inserted into the story put put Edge on such the back burner that after WrestleMania, he had to wait until everything died down. He came back. You know, it just It was dumb. It was dumb. I didn't like it. I still don't like it, and I probably will never like it, because it, you didn't need it there. Contracts be damned. Who cares? It just it didn't need to happen. So anyway, this Edge match was dope. You know, like I said on SmackDown, it really does seem like they're building Edge to be strong again. I, I enjoy that. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't make it through the entire Roman Reigns match during the watch along, so I turned it off, and I'm laying down watching the rest of it. I'm like, man, this is so fucking good. And then... Uh, fucking Seth Rollins comes out and uh, and helps Roman win, and then fucking Roman <laughs> Edge chases Seth Rollins out of the out of the building. Roman says, "Now everyone can acknowledge me." And fucking Cena comes back. Now you can tell at Just Wrestling Five. You can tell, uh, or you can ask him. You can ask Justin Time to Eleven. You can ask Marsh. I've been saying this shit from from day one. There's two tribal chiefs there's two tables. The head of the table of the NYE family is Roman Reigns. The head of the table of WWE is John Cena. Roman Reigns is going to need to scorch John Cena. He's going to have to whoop that ass. The amount of ass whooping that Roman Reigns has to hand on to Cena to make it definitive that he is the head of the table of WWE is going to be of epic proportions it should be similar to John Cena Brock Lesnar SummerSlam I don't think that's the case though because Roman Reigns loves to give gives him he, well you know what I can't say that because Brock Brock Lesnar is probably the number one or number two salesman of all time he loves to give himself to his opponents uh and you know what therefore John Cena as well John Cena allowing Brock Lesnar to fucking walk through him at that SummerSlam but anyway am I'm, I'm going on a tangent here my point is is that i knew this match needed to happen and it needed to happen in such a definitive way to prove that this roman reigns character is as legit as it is and the only issue i have is that they were giving they were making him weak and weak and weak in his presentation because they needed to build edge stronger and stronger and stronger so if that's the case then uh, roman's going to have to rebuild himself on top of cena which is great and Seth is not allowed to beat Edge. Because then you start washing everyone together on how good they are. Now, maybe that's what you do is you have Seth beat Edge. And you ha- that's his stake to the claim for the title, which would be great. It would be great. So, we'll see how it goes, man. I'll let that story go. I thought overall, uh, Money in the Bank, the vibe I got was pretty underwhelming. Uh, but maybe that was just how my body was feeling. you know. So, I apologize again for the watch along. I- I'll have to give it a rewatch. Uh, I usually watch it two or three times before I do the podcast live and then uh, two other times I'll, you know, be fucking around Watching matches and shit, but I didn't do that this time But I was pretty underwhelmed by the vibe of the pay-per-view But when I remember Each match, I'm like, okay The matches are the matches weren't bad at all I mean, we didn't have a dud, which is always great I just, you know, the story of, of Charlotte and Rhea really bothered me uh, So let's jump over to Raw Raw John Cena opens the show An in-ring promo, and I, I, I knew What was coming, right? He, he does this every time he comes back. The I miss you. Um, let's go a little too uh, overboard like he did with Matt Riddle. But I didn't picture him calling Roman Reigns an asshole. That was, that was completely unexpected. But it is exactly the story that I knew had to be told. I'm going to come here and I'm going to take my seat at the head of the WWE table. And I'm going to prove to you why I am the head of the WWE table. Fantastic. Let's go. We have one month until SummerSlam. From the time of recording this, seven twenty one. SummerSlam is eight twenty one. We are one month away. Shouts to the eleven month anniversary of this podcast. <laughs> We're one month away from SummerSlam. Cena and Roman are gonna tell a fantastic story and I cannot wait for Roman to respond as this character. Because the first time, he couldn't even fucking respond to John. This character, good luck. He might he might not even give a response. Ah, oh, I can't wait. Friday's gonna be fucking incredible. So anyway, Shasta to John Cena being back. Riddle came out. They did this bro thing together, and I thought it was dumb. Because I don't like it. That turns into a six-man tag. You had Riddle and the Viking Raiders versus John Morrison, AJ Styles, and Omos, and I tell you, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I love, <laughs> I love that Miz accidentally hit Omos with the drip stick by mistake. Omos had to chase him down. AJ tried, or Morrison tried to to block him, and then Morrison got thrown into the ring. Viking Raiders and Riddle did their thing all over him. Uh, yeah, my bad, <laughs> Viking Raiders, and Riddle beat the shit out of <laughs> Adam Morrison. I love the Viking experience, man. Uh, they did they did a great job getting the move off on uh, on Morrison. It was exciting to see. Uh, yeah, so you know we'll see what's up with them going forward. Like I said, you know this is their opportunity to now build them back up in front of fans and get that support behind the Viking Raiders, so they can just go out and be a dominant tag team. Help rebuild the raw tag team division. It'd be great. Jackson Riker versus Elias in a Symphony of Destruction match. Uh, talk about over delivering. You know, like I said, people hate Jackson Riker. I get it. On TV, how do I judge it? Match was fucking awesome. The Symphony of Destruction match was was great. Uh, it was better than the Jeff Hardy one because I didn't. <laughs> I thought Jeff Hardy almost died. Um, but no, it was it was really good. The spot on top of the piano. I thought, um, man, they got to be fucking careful because it looked like that lid was gonna slide all over the place. But I was blown away. When they go up for the superplex to the outside on top of the tables, they didn't even pause. They just jumped right into it. There was no, I'm going to stop you. You're going to stop. No drama involved. They just did it. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. They fucking did it. They didn't even pause. It's crazy. So it was a really good match. uh, And hopefully they're done. And and now they can move on to something else. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't think Jackson Riker's going to be a title holder of any going forward. But what if Jackson Riker helps build the middle? Now he has a match against... I don't know. I can't even think of one right now. Um, now he now he goes up against Damian Priest, right? Or now he goes up against Umberto Carrillo. And they just have good matches. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having players have good matches or wrestlers have good matches. That's it. This was a decent story. People didn't like it because they don't like Jackson Riker. Well, at the end of this... Jackson Ryker looks like a really good wrestler, and Elias is already a made man. So now, yes, we need Elias to go forward and get some dubs, hold a title or two, be great. But we got to see where we go from here. Uh, after that, we had Natty and Tamina versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. The match was eh, you know. And the whole point, though, was to have Reggie be the, region. Reggie be the reason that, that Shayna and Nia lose again. Shayna and Nia both agreed that Reginald was the reason he gets knocked out. Or a nice uh, nia headbutt. Kira Tozawa comes running out. Twenty four seven title. I said, "Oh my god, this is perfect." Reginald wins the twenty four seven title. Escapes fantastically. The guy's fucking an athlete that does does incredible shit. And uh, and yeah, he's the new twenty four seven champion. So he goes from being the butt of the joke to the hero. Now this is where I told y'all, and I'll I'll, I'll say this again later. Maybe maybe not. I might forget. The fucking crowds, the fucking crowds that y'all wanted back have been trash. Now I'll get it all out here. Number one, they still do their thing. The what's, this is awesomes, all that shit. The what's are trash. And you saw MVP steamroll the what chant on uh, a Monday. So shouts to MVP. They chanted Reggie sucks when he he got busted up from Nia. Then he wins the title and they're chanting his name. I don't understand how you don't just sit back and watch the action without trying to make sure you are part of every second of the action and then cheering accordingly now maybe that's what they were supposed to do is say reggie sucks and then eat their words to cheer for him if that's the case okay job well done but if i was there i'd have been like okay good you know clapped up for the breakup and then here it comes and then be suspenseful i don't know it just seems like there's always this roller coaster of Having to say this, having to say that, it just fucking bothers me. I don't I don't enjoy the fans. I really don't. Maybe, again, maybe it's just from being at my Philly Philly shows where I got to hear EC dub 150 fucking times and 16,000 people thinking they know how to do a woo. I don't do a good woo, so I don't do one. But the 16,000 people in attendance do. I don't know. I, I get it, though. Fans will be fans is what it is. Let's keep going. Uh, we had Sheamus versus Umberto Carrillo. And this is what I like about it. Sheamus won. Dominant fashion. Move forward. Stronger Sheamus looks, the better that title is going to be. Sheamus with the mask is a great fucking look. We all know he probably doesn't need it anymore. But he's calling it a steel mask. Which, of course, I doubt it's a steel mask. But anyway, um, it's a great look. He looks fucking badass. Umberto punched it. There was, a, I believe, a headbutt and then a brogue kick. It was phenomenal. Um, And I forgot... That Umberto bit Seamus's finger, and he sold that shit for like five more minutes. Seamus is so good; he's fucking great. And I don't know how many more years we got left. I mean, the guy's in fucking incredible shape, but he's he's got a fiance now. Shouts, shouts to married life, and he's got uh he's got age on him, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we had his, again some more build into Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal stuff. Uh, Drew McIntyre decided to count his chair shots with the crowd. Super heel, man. <laughs> Heels doing heel shit. That's, that was my response. I mean, yes, he's he's been poked and prodded to go back with chair shots, especially when the dude was like, nah, man, it's all good. It's all good. And then he hits him. If if you're the good guy and the bad guy, I'm sorry, the helper for the bad guy, it's like, nah, man, uh, oh, I'm just working for him. You don't beat the shit out of him when the guy's right in front of you. I don't know. I don't know. But he got, he got some chair shots in on everybody. Again, I like that we're having the story and it doesn't involve the title. Speaking of non-title matches, Jeff Hardy versus Karrion Cross. Man, that just lit up Twitter. But I tell you, this is what I was looking for. I was looking for Karrion Cross on the main roster to stand out. And he almost did. I was like, you know what? He's a little bit bigger than Jeff Hardy. How's this going to look? Jeff Hardy goes, I've been wrestling for 25 years. I'm going to show you how this is done. And he did it. And he beat Karrion Cross, And I couldn't be happier. Because now I got to see him Fight. Also, everyone who's saying it's a bad look because it's the NFC champion and Vince, says, if it's that. It's not about that. It's not about that. The only thing I'll say from a creative side is how hard they had to work to protect Asuka's undefeated streak. She, uh, they had to make sure that she won the Mixed Match Challenge. She had to make sure that she won Survivor Series all the way up until WrestleMania when she lost. And since she's lost, you never cared about one loss she's taken since. Every time she loses, yes, it bothers us because we think she deserves more, but we never think of it as can't believe she just lost to XYZ. I mean, you can't really name them. Yes, she's had losses in important matches because she's the only woman on the fucking roster. Not in a mat not in a not in a tag team or with the title or anything like that. You know what I mean? So no, she's not protected anymore, but they also got that loss out of the way so they can do more things. So they did that. They got the loss out of the way. Now he can do more things. And the vitriol in which he spoke with when going after Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy just made the biggest mistake of his life. Probably the best I've seen him. Because now I'm not just going to assume you're going to win. You're going to have to prove to me you're going to win. And I prefer that in any type of storyline. Don't just tell me what's going to happen. Show me. Teach me why I should know that this is going to happen that way. And that's how I felt after the Jeff Hardy loss. So I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a great idea. And the way Jeff Hardy won was through experience and shortcuts. Now, if Carrying Cross gets his way, slows down, becomes more methodical in the ring, he'll beat the shit out of Jeff Hardy. Now, shout out to my guy TK, he put out there saying that having the entrance and Scarlett would have helped the response because it would have added to the presentation. Because another thing that we gotta talk about real quick, uh, and we'll come up to it in a second. But with all the returns that came back, only the OGs got massive pops. Karen Cross didn't get a massive pop, and and TK was like, yo, if if Scarlet was there, if he had the full interest with the smoke, it would have helped with the appeal and at least garnered some more excitement. That's fair. That's fair. But again, this is. What, what was there, a total of 10 minutes of carrying Cross on Raw? It didn't need all the pomp and circumstance. It's just starting the story. Just starting the story. And I doubt, I highly doubt, I highly doubt that Scarlett is not going to be with him when he goes up. So don't, don't worry about it. He'll be fine. They're building something. They'll get there. But I honestly feel like getting this loss out of the way just removes the undefeated thing from the story. Nobody's undefeated forever. Not even Goldberg. And speaking of Goldberg, back-to-back returns. Bobby Lashley and MVP come out. MVP did a great promo. Like I said, he cut out the what chance right away. He showed you how to just steamroll through it. As long as you can keep your composure and get your point across, the what chance ain't shit. Bobby Lashley's going for an open challenge, and this is why I hate all fucking dirt sheets and all of you on Twitter who decide to repost some shit. Oh fucking Goldberg's coming out. Goldberg's coming out. Goldberg's coming out. Keith Lee came out. I was I was getting these like choked up chills. I was like, man, Keith Lee is so good. He's back. All the stuff that we saw on Twitter made it seem like he's in such a bad place that he kind of needs wrestling as an outlet. It was great to see him on TV. I was like, Oh, this is so cool, so cool. Then to see Mia Yim's tweets. She was so excited for him, so happy for him. Um, I'm glad that they're in a great place. Hopefully we see more Keith Lee. And this is how I felt about the match. I thought Keith Lee makes Lashley look the right size. <laughs> Everyone else makes Lashley look massive. But Keith, Keith Lee is a bigger body. Not as ripped, of course. But he's a bigger body than Bobby Lashley. And he, he stands to make Bobby Lashley look proper size. So, what happened? Keith Lee looked powerful, but he hasn't been in the ring for a while. It's perfect. I thought it was a great match. That was a great match. Great use of logical storytelling. If Keith Lee had been wrestling for the last six months, he's not losing. He's not losing in, uh, in in five minutes. You know, he had a more competitive match than Kofi did. Just based on size. So what would happen if he's been wrestling for a year? Would he have a better shot? Would he would get more offense in? Would Bobby have to sell more? I mean, it's good shit. Really, really good shit. Now, once Keith Lee lost, <laughs> fucking Goldberg, baby. Massive pop. Massive pop. If you add up John Cena's pop from uh from Money in the Bank to Col- Goldberg's crowd reaction, you add those two together, there's nothing we've heard in the last, what, four months combined that would equal what we got from those two. So if you want to know why Goldberg and Cena and Lesnar when he comes back, that's why. Listen to that crowd reaction. The 85 people on the internet that are like, yo, you keep doing it. This- it's it's for real man that's why they come back now i will agree with everyone else who says that they need to stop going for titles i agree i agree but their purpose is to be there their purpose is to make other talent look good again i believe it's my guy tk from the wrestling index shout out at the res index on twitter I keep forgetting to shout you out brother appreciate you hooking up everything on the wrestling index but i believe it was him that said uh and i know a lot of people said it too just stop coming back for titles and i get it they don't need to be in the title scene like goldberg's match with dolph ziggler was great but nobody nobody wants dolph ziggler to beat goldberg you know what i mean like it's like goldberg goes up against damian priest and damian priest beats goldberg like there's a mysticism with goldberg that only big guys need to like that that big guys can handle now i okay i get it goldberg He lost to Drew McIntyre. It didn't help. Goldberg lost to Brock Strowman. Didn't help. Goldberg lost to Brock Lesnar. It helped, but Roman didn't take the title off of him. Like, it never got to where it should have. So, it's very well possible that, you know, Goldberg isn't helping. Like, he's helping get eyes, but he's not helping talent. His match against The Undertaker in Saudi was god-awful, and I'm glad everybody's okay. You know, his, uh, his match against Kevin Owens didn't help Kevin Owens didn't necessarily help Lesnar and his match against The Fiend. That's the other one. Yeah, his match against The Fiend didn't help, you know. So, yeah, I I, I agree with you guys, man. He's bringing the eyeballs, but he's not helping talent. That's a problem. But we'll see what happens with Lashley. I think it'll be great to see a nice spear versus spear fest. But I I don't know what we get out of it, you know. Do we get the Goldberg-Lesnar-WrestleMania match, the second one? That'd be tight. You know, give us about five, five, seven minutes. We'll see. So we'll have to wait until uh, SummerSlam to check that out. See what uh, see how the promos build up for it. Like I said, we're a month away. So what do we got three, maybe four more Raws. I don't know how the calendar exactly plays out for that. But uh, but yeah, I'll check it out now. Uh, the 26th, the 2nd, the 9th, the 16th. So four more Raws. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, not many promos, but it'll, it'll be enough. It'll be enough to get something nice going. Speaking of something nice, the highlight of the week, highlight of the weekend. Ray Ripley and Charlotte have a rematch, and it's a match nobody wants, and it's a decent match. It's a decent match. It was one of their better, you, you know, it, it just must it must be the no stakes. The uh, I, I can't even say it because I, I don't know. I don't work there. I don't know. But it's just this vibe that we have to make sure Charlotte looks a certain way. So Ray is not allowed to do certain things. Now, I know they don't tell people, because you got to think they can't tell people, hey, don't do this, don't do that. They might say, do something this way, which in turn is, you know, like if, hey, we need you to get to four. You're not allowed to do two plus two. Make sure you do three plus one. Therefore... Charlotte's the three, Ray is the one. We're not doing two and two. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if they say it in a certain way, that you know they're forced to perform this way, I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, whatever they did on Monday was some of the better action they had. And what I really do enjoy, and I alluded to this with Drew McIntyre and, and gender, is that this match ended in disqualification. Charlotte did it by hitting Ray in the face with the belt. Then Rhea beat the shit out of Charlotte. Nikki came out to cash in. Nikki cashes in. Uh crossbody. Win. Nikki wins the title. Now the story coming out of it is going to be Nikki winning the title. But it's not going to be Charlotte trying to get the title back. She had it for one day. She got fucked over by Rhea. Now Rhea and Charlotte are going to do the same story without the title. This is now Blood Feud. I'm here for the opportunity that they get to tell this story without the title you have exactly two promos one match if that third promo it comes up and it's just trash i'm, I'm turning it off but i'll give them SummerSlam blow off steel cage match hell in the cell whatever the fuck they want to do whatever they want to do ray steel cage match against Mercedes martinez was fucking awesome whatever they want to do i'll give them the chance to do it one more match Because it's without the title and the stakes are pride. The stakes are ability. And if we keep getting these 3 plus 1 matches where it's make sure Charlotte looks good. And not these 2 2's. Or even a 3 plus 1 where Rhea looks more legit than Charlotte. She is. She's better. She's just better at performing. Now I was a little concerned because the night after Wrestlemania Rhea had a terrible match against Asuka. I thought maybe she would end up having a, a hard time in this one, too. You know, the whole back-to-back working thing, which did concern me. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, how is she going to handle house shows and shit? I don't know. Uh, I, I could be just be looking into it because also, uh, I mean, Ray was fucking crying at WrestleMania, so she may have just been emotionally drained. Either way, I'm not going to make excuses for anyone. Uh, I call it like I see it, as I always do. I really enjoyed Nikki winning the title. I, <laughs> I put on Twitter. Man, I'm, I'm crying real tears right now. Um, <laughs> and to be, to be fair, um, I did, I did get super emotional. Uh my eyes welled up. And when I blinked, uh, I had one tear come out one side and another tear come out the other side, the one on the left, it, it ran down fast. The one on the right, uh, only hit my cheek. So I said, it's one and a half. And that's the way you claim tears, you know what I'm saying? But the, the emotions were there, man. Look, I, I said it. Uh, Ruby Riot versus Nikki versus Oscar uh, in NXT is one of my favorite matches. I think Peyton Royce was in it too. I can't remember. It's been a long time, but it's one of my. I say it's one of my favorite matches, and and, and not remembering it is is fine when I put it in this context. I, when I came back to watch wrestling, Paige was a big part, and I didn't know what other women could wrestle like her. And when I saw that match, I believe it was false count anywhere, or something like that, but there was a huge table spot. I go, oh my god. This is definitely it. Like, I liked it so fucking much. I'm like, no, this these are three women in one match that all do the same thing really well. And that's just fucking wrestle. That's wrestle. I, I really I want to say Paint Royce is a part of that too. I really don't remember. But I remember watching, I'm like, man, these girls can fucking wrestle. There's no there's no secondary like there's no caveats to it, right? It's not a good women's match. It was a good match. And I was like, yeah. I remember Nikki Cross ever since then and I I've, I've been saying it. Wanna play Nikki is one of my favorite characters of all time because she just knows the the brass tacks of it is. You wanna play? When you come play, we play. Like just hearing all that, I'm like, "Yes, I know exactly what I'm going to get." This is almost a superhero. I mean, look, Marsh used to shit on me for it. They were doing the beat the clock challenge, and he's like, "Nikki looks so weak." I said, "Dude, she's she never lost those matches." All she won them exactly how she was supposed to make sure you don't lose just because she wasn't on the offensive doesn't make her look weak and actually like being a defensive boxer like that Floyd Mayweather is impressive because he never gets hit yes she was getting hit but she was never getting put in position to lose because she made sure she never lost then she made sure she won this match it was it was right there the whole time it's right there the whole time I've been saying it from the beginning that during that whole time Nikki not losing those matches does build her credibility yes it would be great to see it the other way around but that's just not what it was she did exactly what she was supposed to do and that's how she celebrated she celebrated like she knew that's what she was supposed to do so I'm super happy for Nikki I'm glad she's a champion Um, her husband's tweets were uh, so heartwarming Uh, it was great to see but all right, I'm going to get out of here tptxpodcast.com tptxpodcast.com slash twts promo code badcopfell one last time uh, it'll be up until the next episode drops episode 100 we'll do a completely different code promo code up fell 50 off everything that includes international that includes international shipping so if you're out in the uk bulgaria uh italy wherever just select everything proper hit 50 percent just trying to spread the word get these shirts out there twotakespodcast.com for all your audio platforms video platforms all that shit like subscribe all that good shit so with that being said Review if you do. Rate if you feel. Follow me at Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, BishopTWTakes at gmail.com. Until next time.